If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never referred to Latinos as breakfast tacos. What the hell did you just say? Dr. Jill Biden cooking up a big plate of political pandering yesterday in San Antonio now has Hispanic journalists demanding an apology after she told the crowd they were as unique as breakfast tacos. Girl, please stop talking right now. Wow, a lot of challenge flags being thrown at the Biden administration. Ohio's attorney general calling out Joe Biden for telling a fake story about a 10-year-old rape victim in an effort to make his case for abortion. This guy will say anything. We will discuss it with the queen of daytime, Harris Faulkner, going to be in the House, as well as former White House Press Secretary Ari Fleischer and your fine self at 888-788-9910. You know the rule as we begin day two. On the legendary WDBO down in Orlando, Florida, you can be a Republican on this show. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a That is all. And to our Orlando listeners, you made it to day two, which is a lot longer than anybody expected you to last in Vegas. So take a bow and thank you. Uh, And you didn't hear this from me, but we are in the process of working out a live stand-up comedy date down in Orlando. Could happen as early as this September. Uh, So we got to get Keith on the horn. Got to drag him out of the casino, get him off the roulette wheel, and we got to try to make some moves. But we will keep you up to speed on that. Uh, We also have uh, some comedy dates about to be announced out on the West Coast in Carson City. And, of course, we're going to the Lake of the Ozarks uh, August the 19th. We're going to be at the Encore. If you don't have those tickets, go to Ticketmaster.com. And this weekend... If you want to see a radio buddy in New Jersey, I am at the Stress Factory, and you can get tickets for the Stress Factory in New Brunswick. The website is www.newbrunswick.stressfactory.com. Of course, right now, the big comedy show is taking place at the White House, where here's the deal. I'm going to dive right in on this one. I'm in a peppy mood. I'm caffeinated. I'm a married man. I don't get out a lot. Give me a half a cup of coffee and some ice in it. I'm, I'm ready to go. A mess. But Joe Biden's in a really bad spot with Latino voters, okay? He's polling right now at 26%. This could be a problem. It's a huge problem because the Democrats do not win an election without overwhelming support from the minority community, okay? Black voters have fallen 20% in terms of their overall approval for Biden. He is literally upside down with every single voting block in America Right now, Biden sucks. That's part of the problem. The other part of the problem is there's this endless, you know, amount of pandering that comes out of the Democratic Party. And it's not specific to just Joe Biden. This is, uh, you know, a bigger thing uh, for Democrats as a whole, as they like to purport to care about minority communities, but they don't actually want to go anywhere near these minority communities. 
which is why when they do get around them, you have these really embarrassing moments. Like, do you remember when Hillary Clinton spent some time with black voters and started speaking in an accent? I believe that's, we have that, right? Let me hear it. I don't feel no ways tired. <laughs> Play that again. I don't feel no ways tired. <laughs> that was embarrassing. <laughs> I don't feel no ways tired. Go on, girl. <laughs> it's crazy. Remember when Biden was campaigning? He was down in Miami. He actually played Despacito for the Latino voters. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did happen. And that has always been the Democratic version of minority outreach. And I bring this up. It's very funny because Charles McBee, he comes on this show a lot. He's the head writer for Charlemagne the God on Comedy Central. The show is called The God's Honest Truth. If you remember, that's the show Kamala Harris flipped out on when Charlemagne asked her who's really in charge of the country because Joe Biden is it with it. And Kamala snapped and was like, oh, don't act like a Republican, Charlemagne. Ha ha. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha ha. But Charles McBee famously said on this show. That the problem the Democrats have is their version of minority outreach is every four years when a big election comes around, they show up to a minority community, whether it's a black community or it's a Latino community, and they just use terminology. They speak in accents or they make cultural references that they think are going to be enough to win them support. (laughs) Now, to be fair, it actually used to work. It worked for a long time. Okay, it really did. But what happened was the conditions have gotten so dire in minority communities that they're now actually paying attention to the sub, you know, to the you know, to the actual substance of what's going on in this country. Again, you got to think about this. Biden is at 26 percent with Latino voters. He is down 20 points with black voters. And the only reason that's a thing is because these conditions that they're living in, they can't be overlooked anymore because someone showed up and called you a breakfast taco in an attempt to bond with you. Listen to this Jill Biden moment. It's my favorite thing. It's clip one. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio, (laughs) is your strength. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. (laughs) The Bogodas. I don't know if that jumped out at you, but if you live around the country, we have something in the inner city here in New York and in a lot of minority communities called bodegas that are traditionally run by Latino families. They're family-owned. They're small-time like delis. You know, they're open 24 hours. You can get all kinds of food. You can get beer, you know, chips. It's like a, you know, it's like a family-owned 7-Eleven. Would that make sense? They're called bodegas. If you wanted me to spell it, uh, you know, <laughs> if you wanted me to pronounce it, bo-day, like day, ga. Okay, she got out there yesterday with a straight face in an attempt to win them over and called them Bogodas. (laughs) Hey, I'm here to demonstrate that I'm one of you, so I'm going to go to the Bogoda. Not even close. (laughs) But then she took it a step further and said, what? You're all as unique 
as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. That was absolutely dreadful. Now, I want to be clear. I am not running Outrage FM. I'm not here to get people canceled. I'm not hurt by this. I'm not upset by it. I just find it hilarious because of how telling it is again and again and again. Listen to the point I'm making. Democrats want you to believe they're the party of minorities. But Democrats don't go near minorities. They'll appoint them to positions because of things like identity politics. But when it comes to hanging out and spending time, dude, it ain't happening. And if you don't believe me, ask Barack Obama. He lives in the two whitest neighborhoods in America. Don't be thick, all right? Uh, Go up to Martha's Vineyard. Spend some time driving around. Tell me how many people you run into that aren't white elite liberals besides Barack. I mean, it's no different. He's not living in his hometown of Chicago, okay? He's out on the West Coast, you know, yelling and screaming about rising sea levels. And then, of course, doing what? Building beachfront property. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But the point is, when they do go near minority communities, it's so obvious that they have no connection to them. Because uh, something like a bodega, okay, understand how prominent bodegas are in the Latino community. What a proud source of heritage they are in the Latino community because they are traditionally family-run businesses by people who migrated to this country legally and with pride can slap their name on a business in America and run it from generation to generation. A bodega is a big deal. It's also a big deal to have one in your neighborhood because they're great You can go at any hour of the day, get anything you want. A bodega is amazing. You want to buy lottery tickets, you want to get your taxes done, sharpen your lawnmower blade, get a slice of pizza, eat a churro, whatever you're into. Whatever they sell, they sell it all the time, and they're wonderful people. They usually have a cat in a bodega. That's a thing, a 24-hour thing. You can walk in and pet the cat, and the cat eats the mice, and he's just kind of there, you know, as as a, uh, you know, like a, a warden of the operation, you know, a guest of the operation anyway, and everyone loves the cat. It's always good for morale. Okay, so when she goes in and says, Bogada, that is a person that has never been to a bodega. That is a person who is not well steeped in the tradition of the bodega or what it means to the Latino community, furthering my point that they don't really care. And when you say something like, oh, diversity is our strength and it's you guys are as unique as breakfast tacos. Who wrote that? And why are they not residing? Like, how do you ask for the money for the writing gig with a straight face? Yeah, I call them a bunch of breakfast tacos. That's going to win them over. Wrong. OK, but this is the issue. OK, you go down to San Antonio, you pander. It backfires. We've now have Hispanic journalists. I'll read this to you. Okay. The National Association of Hispanic Journalists encouraging Flotus and her communications team to take the time to better understand the complexities of our people and communities. We are not tacos. I can't believe I just said that out loud to millions of people. We are not tacos. Our heritage as Latinos is shaped by various diasporas, cultures, and food traditions. Do not reduce us to stereotypes. That's what they said after she went down there. Now, to her credit, 
The vice president's uh, press secretary, Michael LaRosa, has since tweeted, the first lady apologizes for her words, conveyed anything but pure admiration and love for the Latino community. Yes, she loves them so much, she doesn't know what a bodega is. Come on, man. Are you crazy? That's, that's, yeah, I just love the Irish so much. My favorite holiday growing up was St. Patrick's Day. I always loved St. Patrick. Like, no, St. Patrick, you should know. But she doesn't know. She doesn't care. But understand, the reason they're polling as poorly as they are, and this is why they are as doomed as they are, it's not because she can't pronounce things. It's not because they pander all the time. It's because they're not prioritizing the issues, okay, that every community cares about. Okay, inflation is not a white issue, a black issue. It's an everybody issue. Border security, not a white issue, but it's an everybody issue. Same thing with gas prices. Same thing with our foreign policy being such a disaster. We're watching the Biden administration at a time when gas is hitting record highs, not only decimating our strategical oil reserves, but sending them over to China, of all places. That's just how white folks will do you. Think about that. We're going over to Saudi Arabia, you know, this week to try to beg them to pump some more oil for us as we're selling our own to China our number one geopolitical foe on the world stage. That's what we're doing. These are stupid people. I don't, I don't take any pride in saying that. I don't take any joy in saying that. But the people in charge of our country right now, the ones running it, they're all a bunch of idiots. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. And that is ultimately why they're doomed. Because what they consider to be voter outreach to places like the Latino community are absolutely positively fake. But the problems those communities are facing happen to be real. And all the tacos in the world aren't going to boost your poll numbers if you don't come up with real solutions to real problems. Joe Biden isn't a real doctor, but even she knows that breakfast is your strength. So don't skip the most important meal of the day. Get down to Joe Biden's breakfast cart for a dish that's truly one of a kind. As distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx. Joe Biden's breakfast cart serves up heaping portions of political pandering that are so good they get lost in translation. She said we may use fake words like Latinx, but all of our dishes are 100% real, and every one of them is as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. Other restaurants charge big money, but Jill Biden's breakfast cart will only cost you your dignity. And best of all, her husband Joe keeps it open 24 hours a day, just like our southern border. Me cost and you cost. So don't overpay for breakfast ever again. Get down to Jill Biden's breakfast cart for a shameless spread that's as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami. You're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Wow, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We've got so much to get to today. We're going to take a trip over to CNN. They're trying to sell people on the idea that they're impartial now. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. But that was the edict when Jeff Zucker left, uh, followed Chris Cuomo out of town after 
he was involved in some type of dalliance that kind of violated the code of conduct or what have you. I don't really have the Jeff Zucker specifics, but I can tell you that their new president said, well, this is network is you know going to go back to making the news the star. We're not going to be you know so biased and everything in between. And they want you to believe that. So they're starting to take some shots at Joe Biden. But I want you to understand the reason people are opening openly acknowledging Joe Biden's faults is because they don't want to be associated with the thing that they happened to create. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, when the 2022 midterms come, the media is going to stump like all hell for the Democrats. When the 2024 general election comes, the media is going, I mean, balls to the wall. I don't know if I could say that on the air, but they're doing it, okay, for the Democrats. Like, that's how it's going to go down. But they realize it's not going to be effective if they don't start establishing currency with viewers and stating obvious truths. Okay, understand, this is a media that carried the president's baggage after Afghanistan, when when Biden had the disastrous troop withdrawal from Afghanistan. Do you remember when he took the troops out? He took the troops out ahead of the civilians. What an idiot. The people with the guns went home. And the people with the cell phones stayed behind. That's what he did. Now, understand that obviously resulted in what? A collapse of the Afghan army. It was something he told us was never going to happen, by the way. I could share that clip with you, which one of my favorite things I've ever played is him getting on TV and being like, no, this army's not going to collapse. It's rock and roll's here to stay. We'll play it in the next break. I'll play it for you because we have it here. Uh, He was saying the Taliban wouldn't take over. It's not going to happen. And, of course, the Taliban took over days after he said it. Days. But what did he get on TV and tell us? He said this was the success. Even though 13 service members were dead and thousands of Americans were trapped behind enemy lines, he got on TV with a straight face and said this is the most successful airlift in history. Come on. Don't bullshit me. But the media, the media took his side. Like, oh, listen to all the Republicans trying to make hay, calling Afghanistan a disaster. How desperate are they? But the only problem the media had, the only problem Biden had, is Americans were watching the images of people clinging to cargo jets trying to get out of Afghanistan, of parents throwing their babies over barbed wire fences because conditions were so dire they were willing to just take a shot with their baby's life with anyone but them. That's what Afghanistan was. And going into Afghanistan, understand that Joe Biden was above water in the polls. Guy was polling at 54 percent. By the time him and the media were done telling you that Afghanistan was a success, everyone's trust had cratered. Biden lost 14 points. I mean, the media really couldn't get any lower, but they got trashed. So now in an attempt to build back some currency, they're trying to tell you they know Biden sucks. The obvious. Here it is. Clip two. 94 percent of Democratic primary voters under the age of 30, 94 percent say they don't want Biden. That is a stunning number. Yes. Um. <laughs> I mean, he swept his grandchildren, but other than that, I mean, like, who, uh, I mean, 94% don't want him, who are, Demo- again, 94%. Demo- Democrats yeah. under yeah. the age yeah. of 30. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. But understand, okay, they're laughing. Nobody likes Joe Biden. Can you believe it? What they're leaving out is the fact that they all loved him and said he would be the best president ever. Really convenient how they omit that part. The media is a bunch of losers. 
Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. reality with a bit of insanity it's fox across america with jimmy Fallon. oh you bet it is back in action day two man back from vacation got a busy week i'm gonna be on with tucker tucker carlson uh it's kind of an up-and-coming show here at fox i'd like to lend my talents to it from time to time boost its visibility you know it's always nice when the smaller shows can get a boost from the big shows like this one and uh, i will be hosting kennedy on the fox business network tomorrow night and thursday uh, I wrote, that's how I started here at Fox. Like, uh, Kennedy's Booker found me in a comedy club and uh, brought me on TV when I was, you know, just like hours removed from being a full-time cab driver and was now driving one part-time and doing stand-up and all of that fun stuff. I am now hosting a show that I once guested on and served as the head writer for. It's a nice American story, and I always point this stuff out. I'm not bragging, like, hey, I do the cool stuff. I'm pointing it out to remind you, dude, I come from no background that suggests I should be doing any of this. So wherever you are in the world, whatever your frustration is, whatever your personal impasse is, understand you can and will break through it if you're just willing to keep going. That's life. We're all Joe Frazier. You know, Joe Frazier as a boxer was willing to eat a million jabs because he just needed to get close enough to land that one left hook and then he'd be the heavyweight champion of the world. That's you in every single pursuit you're after in life. You're going to suffer setbacks. You're going to suffer indignities. But if you keep eating those jabs, eventually you're going to land your left hook and you'll be your own heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah, you got to take a lot of punches and you go from being Joe Frazier to sounding a little bit like, you know, maybe Joe Biden. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, with uh, I don't know. uh, But this is the biggest problem Biden is facing. It's not the fact that his elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. So the guy's just a liar. And I got to bring this up for a couple of reasons. Okay, last night on Waters World, Jesse Waters had on the Ohio attorney general. The Ohio attorney general was answering Jesse's questions in response to a claim by Joe Biden and, and a couple of left-wing media outlets that Ohio's new law forced a 10-year-old rape victim to leave the state in pursuit of an abortion because the Republicans weren't letting her get one. First and foremost, you need to understand this, okay? This existence of a 10-year-old rape victim, this is a very heavy subject matter. I don't really enjoy talking about this. I don't know that you enjoy listening to it. Uh, but the God's honest truth is, As the attorney general will tell you in this clip I'm about to play you, we have no evidence, no evidence that there was a 10-year-old rape rape victim. No one was prosecuted. No one was charged. If a pregnant underage child comes into an abortion clinic per se, by law, they have to report that to the authorities. Why? Because it constitutes a crime. Now, we don't have any record, not in an abortion clinic of this child showing up looking for an abortion, not in a law enforcement bureau of any 10-year-old rape victim or any DNA sample being taken. The point is, this is a story that appears to have been manufactured completely and totally out of thin air. But it didn't stop a lot of outlets with running with it. 
What it did stop was anyone from fact-checking it. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. And why does that happen again and again and again? We live in an age, I say this a lot, where people's emotions are their facts. If you can get people to believe something emotionally, they then adopt it as if it's true. Bingo. Okay, that's why Biden got out there with no facts. You know, when everybody was giving him hay about the border, and he said, well, more importantly... These border agents were whipping Haitian migrants. That is a fact check false. Okay. The Customs and Border Protection Agency conducted an investigation that they never should have had to conduct, saying it didn't happen because the photographer who took the photo Biden was weaponizing flat out said nobody had a whip there. They were holding split reins on their horses and no one was being whipped. But Biden famously went on TV and said, they're going to pay. This harkens back to a day of slavery. That's what he said. You shut your mouth, you bastard. That's what he said. And you understand, he didn't have facts. He had emotion. That's an emotional statement to make. No differently down in Georgia when Georgia was passing voter ID laws. Something that 82% of Americans support, including 77% of the black community. If you remember, Joe Biden famously referred to it as what? Jim Crow on steroids. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia. Now, do you realize how disgusting that is? That's a very emotionally charged statement to make. Jim Crow was an era when, yes, 17 Democratic-run states were denying black people the right to vote through actual violence, through poll tests. You know, through literacy tests, through grandfather clauses, poll taxes, stuff like that. Okay, Joe Biden associates voter ID laws with Jim Crow on steroids, meaning not just regular Jim Crow, bigger and badder Jim Crow. Like, I'll give you an example. Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds on steroids. Barry Bonds' career high in home runs was 37. Barry Bonds on steroids hits 73, meaning Barry Bonds on steroids is supposed to be a lot stronger than the original Barry Bonds. So he was alleging that this was worse than Jim Crow. That is a very emotionally charged statement to make when you live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. You tell them border agents are whipping migrants like slaves. It's Jim Crow on steroids in Georgia. Or, I don't know, 10-year-olds are getting raped and Ohio won't let them have an abortion. This is emotionally powerful stuff. And because we're living in the death of shame, where people are willing to utter any falsehood, suffer any indignity in front of a news camera, if they think it's going to advance their quest for political power, this stuff goes on. And you understand, once it gets said, once it gets fed into the emotional bloodstream, it gets adopted as true. I think he's got a point. Here's Biden. He made this point on Friday, trying to get people to rally around, you know, well, we've got to have these abortion laws because they're raping 10-year-olds and they won't let you treat them in Ohio. That's a thing. Do we have any record of this rape going on in Ohio? The answer would be no. Any record of this child going to an abortion clinic and being denied service? The answer would be no. Do we have any name or parental source or guardian even co-signing the story? The answer would be no. No, but here's your president of the United States getting out there and weaponizing this as fact. Clip 15. This isn't some imagined horror. Yes, it is. It's already happening. Just last week was reported that a 10-year-old girl was a rape victim in Ohio, 10 years old. And she was forced to have to travel out of the state to Indiana to seek to terminate the presidency. I mean, garbage like you just makes me sick. This isn't some imaginary horror. Yes, it is, actually. This is, it was reported last week. Who's it reported by? You? Your friends? 
One left-wing outlet said, yeah, what if 10-year-old girls get raped? They're going to have to travel under state under the Ohio law, which isn't even true. Here's the attorney general of Ohio, Dave Yost, and he's talking uh, to Jesse Waters last night. And Jesse was asked, hey, have we heard a word about the police being involved with this 10-year-old? Is anyone saying anything? Have you heard anything about corroborating this story? This is clip 16. Not a whisper. And we work closely with the, we have a decentralized law enforcement system in Ohio, um, but we have regular contact with prosecutors and local police and sheriffs, not a whisper anywhere. Something maybe even more telling, Jesse, is my office runs the state crime lab. Any case like this, you're going to have a rape kit, you're going to have biological evidence, and you would be looking for DNA uh, analysis, which we do most of the DNA analysis in Ohio. There is no case request for analysis that looks anything like this. And basically what he's saying to Joe Biden is... You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. Here's a little bit more of Dave Yost adding to this. It's clip 17. Ohio's heartbeat law has a medical emergency exception uh, broader than just the life uh, of the mother... Uh, she, th- this young girl, if she exists and if this horrible thing actually happened to her, breaks my heart to think about it. She did not have to leave Ohio to find treatment. Did you hear that? She did not have to leave Ohio to find treatment. Now, it doesn't seem like she exists. And in a perfect world, she doesn't exist. I don't want to know that there's a 10-year-old rape victim out there. But Joe Biden, with no verification or source material whatsoever, was willing to introduce this into the bloodstream to advance his political movement. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. And everything going on with abortion, and this is why it's a losing issue for the Democrats, just so you understand. They're lying. They're lying. They're lying. When they said overturning Roe versus Wade is going to criminalize abortion, women are going to go to jail. Women are going to die. None of that's true. Roe versus Wade was not a ruling on abortion. Do you understand about whether it was legal, whether it was constitutional, whether it could go on? That's not what Roe versus Wade was. Okay, what Roe versus Wade being overturned means and what it originally being put onto the books meant is that the federal government had all say on abortion. States did not have individual rights. And voters did not have an individual say on abortion law. It was federal. It was the law of the land. This is a direct violation of the Constitution. There's not a single solitary legal scholar who ever believed Roe versus Wade was on solid legal standing. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the patron saint of the left, famously said, and she's pro-abortion, but the actual setup, the actual constitutional standing of abortion was very, very shaky. When they overturned Roe versus Wade, what it did was send it back to individual states. So each individual voter will now have a vote in just what type of abortion limits their state will have, meaning blue states like New York and California are going to have this barbaric current setup of abortion that puts us on an equal footing with China and North Korea, the two biggest human rights abusers in the world, with all due respect to Saudi Arabia, where Biden is heading next to beg for oil. Those are the most barbaric regimes on the planet. We are one of only eight nations in the world 
that allow the amount of abortion that we do, meaning weeks and months beyond the baby's viability point within the mother. Okay, it's infanticide. It's actually legal murder to kill a child that can live outside the mom. Let's not kid ourselves. I'm not saying this is a political activist. I'm saying this is a decent human being. But understand, okay, because they lied about what the overturning of Roe versus Wade constituted and because they continue to sensationalize, women are going to die. AOC keeps getting on TV and saying half the women in this country are going to die from ectopic pregnancies. AOC is a dope. She's an idiot. She's a shameless buffoon. As Dr. Nicole Sapphire said on the Big Sunday show with me this past Sunday, okay, all 50 states treat ectopic pregnancies. All 50 states treat miscarriages. There are laws on the books that require every hospital in this country to do so. None of that is coming off the books. But because the Democrats keep selling these falsehoods, the abortion issue isn't as politically vile for them as they want it to be. Because the truth is most folks around the country prefer very strict limits on abortion, 15 weeks being the cap with over 65 percent of Americans. 65 percent of Americans want no more than a 15-week cap on abortion. I won't go any further. Okay, so when you talk about overturning Roe versus Wade, it's conflated as, oh, people wanted Roe versus Wade to stay in the books. But when you break it down along the individual lines of what that constitutes, all the support is actually on the conservative side of the aisle. That's why when you look at the breakdown of what the top 10 issues are heading into the midterms, abortion doesn't crap the top seven. It doesn't crack the top seven. Because the God's honest truth is when people are getting crushed by inflation and gas prices and everybody's overdosing on fentanyl, it's the leading killer of Americans between 18 and 45, you don't need another legal way to bring on more death, okay? We've had a 35-year spike in murders in this country. We don't need to expedite the process of bringing on even more death. That's just reality. But they continue to lie. And when he gets out there and tells you, oh, a 10-year-old girl, listen, I have great empathy. I don't don't want to know that a 10-year-old girl got raped. But the idea that you'd bring up a fictitious one and make no effort at all to corroborate the claim you're making before you inject that kind of poisonous venom into the political discourse tells you everything you need to know about who's in charge right now. We're living in the death of shame. This is sociopathic stuff to be able to get on TV and say what they're saying with no regard for the effect it has on society. And that's why I'm telling you the only truth we have from this administration, the only truth we have is that it's run by a bunch of idiots who have no idea what they're doing. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. He's really old and he's senile He makes up so much crap The country's worried He's lying like it's going out of style You can't hide Joe Biden's lies For a
A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as, and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Crowded dance card today. Harris Faulkner's coming up in the next hour. Queen of Dayton. We're also going to have a big-spirited chit-chat with Ari Fleischer, former White House press secretary under George W. Bush. He's going to be in the House as well. Talking about Biden's trip over to Saudi Arabia to ask them to pump more oil. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. He's in a really bad spot on this oil situation. And the bigger problem he has is that it's not going to do anything to affect prices. That's the problem. They're working at maximum capacity. But again, I've made this point a million times, so forgive me if you've heard it before. But this whole environmental thing is a scam. What I mean by that, just understand, okay, is America burns fuel cleaner here by 42% than the next closest country. So if we're going to suspend production here, if we're going to declare war on our own fossil fuel industry here in the name of curbing pollution, we are actually increasing pollution by doing it this way. Why do I say that? Because if we burn fuel 42 percent cleaner here and we go buy it from a place that burns it filthier, same amount of fuel, you're just getting it 42 percent filthier. Never mind that we now have to transport that fuel here using other fuel. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But that's what's going on in this moment. Okay, Biden is being held hostage by the far left environmental wing of his party who are a bunch of idiots. You know, if you're looking at the actual fundamentals of what we're discussing here, there's no world. There's no world in the next hundred years where we're doing this without fossil fuels. We can, you know, pretend we can care about the environment. But what powers your electric car? What is it actually powered by? Well, it's electric. And where do they get the electric from? You want to know where they get it from? They get it from coal. Ninety nine percent of the electric cars are being powered from an electric source that stems from coal. Okay, when you start hearing things like, oh, they're opening up more coal plants in Germany because the wind didn't blow enough next last month. Okay, there's no apparatus in place that's going to guarantee we get enough wind or sunlight or anything in between. We're always going to need fossil fuels. So rather than pretending and kidding ourselves, we should just start being honest and, oh, I don't know, maybe even boosting production along the way. Because at some point, I'd like to buy a gallon of gas without having to perform a sex act behind the station to pay for it. Oh, yes, I've read about that in the Bible. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And we are fired up. Got a big hour on this show. A classier hour than you're accustomed to because Harris Faulkner, co-host of Outnumbered, the host of the award-winning Faulkner Focus, is going to be joining us in studio for a grown-up conversation about all things America. A conversation you yourself are welcome to join at 888-788-9910. This is a conversation, of course, that will be taking place just as the January 6th hearings. The latest round, the latest episode is about to get underway in Washington. And I'm going to be upfront about this. Uh, If you, you know, can't get the January 6th hearings on your local TV, but you still want to watch something with the same entertainment value, allow me to suggest the Yule Log. Or I don't know, because it's just the dumbest thing. And the only reason I'm making that claim, and this is not me running the Donald Trump Radio Defense Fund, 
But this is CNN's own Harry Enten, their poll specialist, admitting that nobody cares about the January 6th hearings. Uh, let me play this clip for you really quick. It is clip five. Before the hearings began, you know, they began on June 9th, on June 8th. My average of the polls, the generic ballot, had Republicans plus three points. Now, where is it? Republicans plus two points. You could make the argument that maybe there was a slight change, but the fact is there's so much news going on, this is not much of a change at all. And I think there's a pretty good reason why. Because what is the top issue for Americans at this point, and who is trusted on that? The top issue for Americans at this point is not the January 6th committee hearings. It is not Donald Trump. It's inflation, according to 33% of Americans. That is the top issue. And who is trusted more on the issue of inflation? The margin right here is absolutely huge. Republicans are trusted over Democrats by 19 points. And that is why, at this particular point, Republicans still lead on that generic congressional ballot. True story. I admire your honesty. Give them credit for that. Okay. You know, we bash CNN all the time. But on the rare occasion, you know, they utter an actual factual state. You don't get this a lot. You should probably go out and play a lottery. It is worth noting. That understand nobody, nobody is condoning what they witnessed that day. And I say this all the time. I was on the air when it happened. You know, if you're storming a government institution, okay, you are not a Republican. You are not a Democrat. You're a Okay, we all know that. We all agreed on that in real time. What we didn't agree with was how they attempted to retrofit January 6th and turn it into something else. Like, oh, this was an attempt to overthrow the government led by some Yahoo in a Chewbacca bikini. Okay, but that's not what was going on. We, again, we don't condone it. We're not on board with it. We don't think it was good. But you're an actual crazy person if you think this is going to move the needle at a time when people can't afford to put gas in their car, when inflation is at a 40-year high, when there's a shortage of baby formula, when there's a record level of fentanyl overdose deaths occurring in this country every day that, oh, by the way, aren't overdoses. They are poisonings. I hate when we say this, and I always catch myself on the air. Overdose conjures up imagery of runaway drug use, like your son's Hunter Biden or something. But that's not that's not what's going on here. Hunter's a dirtbag. But that's beside the point, okay? These are poisonings. These are people. These are kids that are taking an Adderall for the first time because they need help staying up to write a term paper and dropping dead. And the indifference to that suffering at our southern border, it is. It's kind of disgraceful. But the reality is with those things on the dance card, there's just no way January 6th is going to headline. Not when people are going to the ballot box under as much duress as they are. Not when people are hitchhiking to get a ride to the ballot box because they can't afford gas for their own car. The point is if your whole plan is January 6th, you got to do better than that. Okay, it's not the only hearing going on in Washington, though, right now. I mean, we will update you on it if anything noteworthy happens. You know, they're trying to sell this as something bigger than it is. Kamala Harris, I played you this clip yesterday. Kamala Harris, one of my favorite things in the world, was asked yesterday by Robert Costa on Face the Nation. Excuse me, she was asked Sunday. Why people should vote for Democrats in the midterms. This is the answer, clip six. Finish this sentence for me. Americans need to vote. For Democrats in November because our democracy is on the ballot. Truly, truly. If you look at an issue like choice, it's on the ballot. A woman's right to make decisions about her own body and potentially what can happen in the not too distant future around issues like access to and and making decisions about contraception or, or same sex marriage. Elections matter. The people who are elected especially to the United States Congress, will decide 
the outcome of all of these issues, voting rights, the ability of us to pass voting rights legislation, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, the Freedom to Vote Act, will be a function of who is in Congress. That is a lie. I want you to understand this. There's an old saying, I use it a lot, when you have the facts, pound the facts. When you have nothing, pound the table. Democrats keep telling us about the freedom to vote, you know, voter suppression. But have they ever actually shown us the facts? Have they ever shown us a single solitary person who was denied the right to vote? Put up or shut up. They don't have one example of that. And understand, if there was a member of a minority community who went to the polls and they were like, nope, can't vote. We know you're legally registered, but nope, can't vote. It would be the only story on the news. They'd be marching around the world. They don't have that. This is lie after lie after lie. So her case, answer the question, why should people vote for Democrats? Her list of reasons why you should vote for Democrats is because they're going to address all the pretend problems in your life. She doesn't mention inflation. She doesn't mention voter security. She doesn't, the the border security. She doesn't mention the price of gas. She doesn't mention the baby formula shortage. She doesn't mention the 35-year spike in murders. What she mentions is, oh, well, if you don't vote for us, you're never going to be allowed to vote again. That's the problem. They're going to take away elections and your right to vote. That is offensive. And it is not true. But it's all they have. The Democrats are a pretend party. I don't like saying that. I am not running, okay, a politically activist show. I am a talk show host. I don't want to be in charge of how you vote. I want to talk about what's going on in the country. I want to share the information in real time as it becomes available to me. And I want you to make your own decisions. Yes, I will share my opinions, my opinion on this particular issue. So it's really hurting our country that we don't have a robust Democratic Party. I'm a conservative. I want a better Democratic Party. Why? Because if we can engage on ideas, if we can engage on substance, if we can prioritize solving problems instead of running on problems, we can go a long way in this country. But right now they just want to run on problems because running on problems allows them to raise money. Please give us money. That's everything they're ever saying. Why should we vote for the Democrats in the midterms? Please give us money. (laughs) That's all it is. They're going to take away abortion, so... Please give us money. You're not going to be able to vote anymore, so... Please give us money. That's all they're doing. Okay, think about... Give you a great example. Okay, in the summer of 2020, we burnt 13 cities. Burnt them. Did $2 billion in property damage over what? Police reform. That's what, you know, George Floyd, police reform. Okay, they told us that... Police reform, it's, it's, we can't go on as a country. It is justified that we've witnessed the violence we have because a, a riot, as Martin Luther King said, is the language of the unheard. No one ever stopped to ask why none of these people felt heard in cities that were run by Democrats for the last 50 years. But let's move forward for a second. All of this violence was justified because we can't go forward as a country until we get police reform, at which point Tim Scott, a black man, the first black man elected to both houses of Congress in South Carolina, introduced a police reform bill, and the Democrats used the filibuster. Remember that thing they tell you was a racist relic of the Jim Crow South? The Democrats used the filibuster to stop police reform from happening. Oh, wow. I mean the balls of these people. So when she gets out there, you understand, they want to run on problems. They don't want to solve them. I don't like that. Like, I don't care that the Republicans are going to win all the seats in the midterms. That doesn't solve your problems. You dig? I am a real person, man. I was so broke for so long. I'm not telling you I'm rich now, but I was driving a cab. I was telling jokes in opium dens on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Okay, I have a greater connection to you 
than any of these fancy highfalutin celebrities you might see me running around with, okay, all pals and TV stars and stuff like that. It's a drinking story. It's not a career. It's a, My job right now is a drinking story. Jimmy showed up to the Fox News Channel one night in his taxi and became sort of famous. This is a drinking story in my family. You can call it my career. I take it seriously. I work my ass off. But I'm one of you. I am not one of this. Okay, I have a deep empathy and connection to what your life looks like because I've spent most of my life living that same thing. A wife and a kid, not a lot of money. Okay, I've told you this before. We didn't have money in the bank because we didn't have a bank account. I was driving a cab. We had a Nike shoebox. Okay, and we're not living paycheck to paycheck. We're living ride to ride. So at a time when you're getting crushed and their response is to say, well, vote for us because of the imaginary problems. The right to vote is on the ballot this fall. A woman's right to choose. And a woman's right to choose is going anywhere, okay? And I don't mean to say that. I know there's a lot of pro-life people listening that want abortion to be banned entirely. I'm not going to lie to you, okay? Abortion is not going to be banned entirely because individual states are going to have individual rights, and blue states are going to do blue state stuff. Red states are going to do red state stuff. That's just a reality. We're going to have less abortion, and for that reason, I will not let perfect get in the way of much, much better. I'm being honest with you. There will be restrictions in a lot of states. There will be a 15-week cap in most states. That is a good thing. But it doesn't mean it's gone completely. But the idea that the Democrats want you to believe women are going to die, women are under attack, Republicans want to kill them, is why they themselves are getting killed in the polls. It's because they're not discussing reality. Okay? And I'll make this point further. Here is, on Capitol Hill, the other hearing going on today. They're talking about abortion on the Hill. Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri asks a Democratic law professor from Berkeley, of all places, her views on abortion. And, of course, she responds by calling him a transphobe for wanting a scientific explanation of who can and can't give birth. Take it away. Uh, Before uh, I want to visit with you, Ms. Maskey, but before I do, I just want to clear one thing up. Professor Bridges, you said several times you've used a phrase. I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. Would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, There are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a. We can recognize that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is is that the core of this this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, (laughs) um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important because of my line of questioning because we can't talk about it because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm denying that trans people exist by asking you you if you're talking about women having pregnancies. Do you believe that uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think (laughs) so. You are denying that trans people exist. And that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you or are they also treated like this? No, no, no. They're told that they're opening up people to violence. We have a good time in my class. You should join. You might learn a lot. Wow. I I would learn a lot. I've learned a lot. I know. Absolutely. Extraordinary. Can you imagine being that stupid? Okay. People with the capacity to give birth or to get pregnant, whatever the hell she said, they're pretending. 
that there is no biological difference between a man and a woman. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. But not according to an air quote expert, an expert who has been summoned to Capitol Hill. And when faced with a real biological question, the only response is what? You're being transphobic. Back to what I said earlier. When you have the facts, pound the facts. When you have nothing, pound the table. Calling Josh Hawley transphobic is pounding the table. But it's certainly not pounding the facts. Why? Because she doesn't have any. You're a loony. A complete lunatic. But understand, this is bad for our country, man. I'm not saying, yeah, it's going to help Republicans win. They're going to win. This is so embarrassing. And it's flat out insane to rational people. We are not trying to harm trans people. We're not denying they're existing. We're not trying to lead to a spike in violence. What we're looking for is a spike in sanity. Okay? Women, women can give birth. Women can carry babies. Has anyone gone to a baby shower for a biological male yet? The answer would be no. No. Okay, when you see a stork on the front lawn of someone's home with a sign that says, it's a boy, they're talking about the baby. They're not talking about the mother. Okay, but the idea that stating that obvious truth makes someone a transphobe is why the Democrats have lost the country. Objective people, not hardcore conservatives, not transphobes, self-respecting human beings who know the difference biologically between a man and a woman can't be asked to pretend any longer than they have. Doesn't mean we want to harm the trans community. Doesn't mean you're not allowed to exist. You're wonderful. You're fine. I say it all the time. I'm fine with men competing in women's sports if you allow me to bet on it. But the God's honest truth is this is ridiculous, and that's why they are where they are. Because at a time when we have real problems, we've got one half of the country asking us to play pretend. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. It is Fox Across America. Your main man, Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be rapping with Harris Faulkner, the queen of daytime, stopping by in the next break. I'm fired up for this one. Me and Harris have a lot of fun on TV. And uh, one of the reasons we have a lot of fun, for real, is even when we're off camera, we're just sitting there in those two high chairs they have us in waiting to go on camera, is we have very real conversations. Just honest. That's it. That's all it is. We're not, you know, neither one of us is like an activist. I mean, she's not. She's a six-time Emmy Award winner. I'm a seven-time Super Bowl champion if you actually count Xbox. <laughs> I'm a pretty, I got a pretty decorated career myself. Uh, I don't know that they'd call me an expert. I don't know that they'd call this government person an expert ever again. So the woman I played in the previous break talking about people with the capacity to give birth also spoke to Senator John Cornyn, who asked her about the value of life. Here is her response or lack thereof. Lives that are filled with dignity and humanity. And that to means your, being to able your way to, of thinking that happens when more black babies are aborted. I believe I trust I love black people with the capacity for pregnancy. I think they have agency. They have intelligence. They know what is best for themselves. And I would love to create the conditions under which they can live lives that are filled with dignity and humanity. And do you think a, do you think a, a baby that is delivered alive has value? Yes. Do you think that a, um, a, a baby that is not yet born has value? 
I believe that a person with a capacity for pregnancy has value. They have intelligence. They have agency. They no, have I'm dignity. talking about the baby. And I'm talking about the person with the capacity for and pregnancy. And you're not answering the question. I'm asking I'm, you. I'm, think answer, that a, I'm answering you, a more interesting you think question that, to you me. You think that a baby that is not yet born, let's say the day before this mother delivers, do you think that baby has value? I think that the person with the capacity for pregnancy has value, and they have the they should have the ability to control what happens to their lives. Well, and and I just note you refuse to answer the question. You blockhead! I mean, this is weapons-grade stupidity. Think back to those history books when Susan B. Anthony fought for the people with the capacity for pregnancy movement. <laughs> It wasn't women's suffrage. It was people with the capacity for pregnancy. This is it's never been a dumber time to be alive than right now. Understand, you know, what my background is OK. I was not supposed to be one of the adults in the room. I was not supposed to be considered smart enough to host a nationally syndicated talk show or be on the biggest media platform in the world. But the people we're analyzing are so weapons grade stupid that by default it is elevating me in stature. These people are idiots, and I'm not, I take no joy in saying it. This isn't a good day for me. This isn't a good moment for the country I love, okay? It is a race to the bottom, and it picks up a little bit of speed every time you hear a woman say, people with the capacity for pregnancy. Get her out. Get her out of here. It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Joe Biden isn't a medical doctor, but even she knows that breakfast is your strength. So don't skip the most important meal of the day. Get down to Joe Biden's breakfast cart for a dish that's truly one of a kind. As distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx. Joe Biden's breakfast cart serves up heaping portions of political pandering that are so good they get lost in translation. She said we may use fake words like Latinx, but all of our dishes are 100% real, and every one of them is as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. Other restaurants charge big money, but Jill Biden's breakfast cart will only cost you your dignity. And best of all, her husband Joe keeps it open 24 hours a day, just like our southern border. We cost a new cost. So don't overpay for breakfast ever again. Get down to Jill Biden's breakfast cart for a shameless spread that's as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And uh, right now, uh, we got to take a moment and allow our producer to show off because every once in a while, he just likes to flex his booking muscle and bring in the type of heavyweight guest that really not only classes up the program. You stop it. Who am I feeling She's so modest. (laughs) For a woman who just rode into my studio on an elephant. I'm kidding. (laughs) The queen of daytime is here. Harris Faulkner in the house. Hey, girl. Hey, thank you for all those warm words. I thought you were talking about somebody else. You I was like, it. is Martha McCallum coming? <laughs> she turned us down. No, I'm kidding. Martha will be back <laughs> exactly. soon. Exactly. We got to know. No, she'll be back again soon. Um, so you host the pants off of two TV shows. Uh, did you happen to call a single solitary Latino guest a breakfast taco today? By nope. Everybody everybody put their pants back on. <laughs> oh, it's a whole new world. <laughs> and, and nobody's breakfast was harmed in the making of the Faulkner Focus <laughs> or Outnumbered today. Uh, I have never seen anything like where we are now. Mm-hmm. These things are scripted. Yep. They are vetted. Mm-hmm. They are in the prompter. Mm-hmm. So when you get to Bodega mm-hmm. and you say Bogotas, <laughs> I, all sorts of things come to mind. Like, you know, Bogota is in Colombia. Mm-hmm. And so she's trying to keep it real, 
by keeping it in the Latino community. Yeah. But it doesn't need to be phonetic. Like, no. it doesn't look like anything else because she's saying the wrong word. Yeah, so was yeah. it misspelled in the prompter? I have a lot of questions. <laughs> but when you compare people to food, yeah. that's old school Biden style Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you don't vote for me and you're black, you're not really black. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, was, do you have the Despacito moment from the campaign trial? he played Despacito. No, here's the one we played earlier. Despacito. Because I make this point. We were talking about this earlier. Because I make this point a lot. Whenever Democrats go into a minority community and attempt to bond with them, they demonstrate just how – what a, a finite amount of time they – They don't attempt to bond with yeah, us. That's what I mean. That's the thing. Yeah. That, that – and Kellyanne Conway said it today on Outnumbered. The connective tissue that they think is there is not there. Yes. And so everybody needs to be treated with respect. Mm-hmm. And an outreach, whether you're a black, Hispanic, female, Asian, whatever you are compartmentally to the voting block, to that particular political party, we are individuals. Yes. And that's the problem here. We're seen as monolithic. Remember mm. Joe Biden yep, candidate? Yep, vote for me or you're not black. I played that earlier. I'll play right, it. But he this. thinks that we're all the same and that only Hispanics have differences. It's so fascinating. I mean, know. so she... She is the apple that fell off the tree she married. Oh, it's so true. Uh, we're talking to the great Harris Faulkner. And the thing about calling a bodega a bogada, okay, is what they do. Don't disrespect Colombia. Thank you. But the, the bigger than that is, okay, it's also demonstrating like a lack of understanding of what they mean to this community. Because understand uh, like a bodega. Preach. This is a big deal about a bodega that's kind of omitted preach. from this portion of the conversation. Is these are family-run businesses, mm-hmm. primarily by people who've migrated to this country legally and now have a stake in America. It's a serious source of pride that families run a yes. bodega and pass it down from generation to generation. And uh, first of all, they're wonderful stores. They always have a cat, which I think is great. <laughs> There's always like a cat hanging out. And everybody's open 24 hours. There are a lot of fun. It's a lot of good music. But she's demonstrating, you know, a lack of, as you said, connective tissue or Kellyanne said connective tissue Mm -hmm. with something that's significant. It's not like a small thing. So I would take it further. Mm -hmm. They are Americana. Yeah. Convenience stores in general are Americana. Yeah. And this president has already proven that he doesn't understand where gasoline is sold in this country. Mm -hmm. North of 80 to 90 percent. It's all mom and pop. Our mom and pop operations that have little convenience stores attached to them. So a bodega is connective tissue with Americana. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're important sources of hiring in neighborhoods. They're important sources of reporting crimes in neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. We have a big case here in New York with a bodega Mm -hmm. owner defending himself, right, and then getting charged with the crime. Yeah. Because this liberal DA doesn't believe in self-defense, apparently. So I bring all that up. None of this happens in a vacuum. Somebody on your communications team has got to know that in the largest city in the country, there is a bodega (laughs) murder case going on that's capturing a lot of attention, Mm -hmm. right? Somebody has to have been to a bodega in their lifetimes, (laughs) in in the White House, or a quick trip. Yeah. Right? A convenience mm-hmm. store and understand the importance of those small stores and communities, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no. S- somebody has to have had an actual breakfast taco to know that it's not a human being. <laughs> I can't promise you that they have. This is a weird time to be because what I'm also fascinated by is the laziness. And what I mean by the laziness is mm-hmm. you and I know if you were reading a script and a prompter and you weren't unsure of a pronunciation – you just take a second to clarify. You're reading a last name and you've never had a guest on before. You're like, hey, how do we pronounce this guy's name? That's just a basic point. 
And the idea that it wasn't even worth asking before she went out and said that. Well, word. we don't know that. Well, if, we don't know the she, genesis of this. That's so, what's really so you, sad. I, so what is, if she so practiced? There, <laughs> Wouldn't that be worse? So is there a world where on the other side of this, they were like, how do you pronounce that word? Oh, it's Bogodaz. <laughs> it's Bogodaz. There could be. Now, look, if, you, if you've been, I've been in television and radio a very long time, mm. and you make mistakes, and I've, I've had my moments where I'm sure they're like, Ron Burgundy, sit your down (laughs) right i've had those moments look i learned how to bleep myself wasn't that amazing so but to have a moment over and over and over i mean there are so many moments with this particular white house and the Mm -hmm. people who represent it i I just don't understand where the the broom the mop and and the pail are not in use at all times they're going to need several sets of cleanup tools So sad, but it's true. And Despacito. Is, do we have it? Uh, if you guys want to scare up Despacito in your spare time, Harris clearly wants to hear Despacito. Does everybody know what it was? Yes, they do. It was, it was Biden was making a campaign stop. I believe he was in Miami. And he's, I think that's right. Yes. I, 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 and he uh, yeah. stepped up to the microphone. He's like, but before we start, <laughs> he just plays Despacito. <laughs> like, oh, I guess we'll vote for this guy now. He has but no ideas, but I like it, the song. Why did it look like he never heard it? Well, that was, he probably and hadn't. you heard the person off camera saying, dance. Yeah. Dance, Mr. Biden. Well, there's a lot of that. He gets a lot of prodding. If I don't know if you heard, but he does walk around with a cheese sheet where they're like, you know, do this, do that. And again, wow. I, this is the point I want to make. When, it, when we come to the cheat sheet and stuff like that, it's actually customary if a president is dealing with a foreign culture to be kind of coached through, okay, you're going to bow here, you're going to stand there. Oh, absolutely. No, so That's we out know of that. deference, okay. respect. Yes, but when yeah. you see him being coached in America as if it's a foreign culture, that's the tell. He wasn't in a foreign country wow, I didn't when we found the way. cheat sheet. He was in America. He was at the White House. But everything outside of Delaware would be yeah. relatively a coachable <laughs> moment. Yeah, that's, 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 <laughs> when that's, you spend 30% of your presidency in your home state, this, in your house, this, one of your two houses. This is why we can't have nice things. So let me ask you this, Harris Faulkner. You know things. Um, when you hear David Axelrod, this is my theory. Oh, uh, I know where you're but going. But when you hear David Axelrod propping up somebody like Gavin Newsom, David Axelrod is obviously um, you know, pretty significant advisor to Barack Obama. I take Axelrod's recommendation of Gavin Newsom as Obama's recommendation, at the very least, of anyone else but Biden. Do you read into that at all? Oh, I don't even think it had to come from Obama. Okay. I think you look at the polling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just left think you it. look at the polling. <laughs> and, and when you have an approval rating of 33%, and mm. look, everybody, oh, that's Fox polling. No, it's not. Yep. I mean, you look at aggregate polling, real clear politics, that's, that's a huge average. When you look at numbers in the 30s, in the low 30s now for him, in terms of the job performance, and you look at the bigger number, the 77% of people who don't think he's doing well, compared to the 13%, who do think he's doing well on things like the economy, so on and so forth. I mean, I don't think you need Obama to tell you that this is the man who shouldn't run. But I'll tell you the number that really matters. Mm-hmm. On January 20th of 2025, mm-hmm. that's when the next president would take office. Mm-hmm. He will be 83. Oh, yeah, there's no world. So everybody talks about he's 79 now. He'll be 86 when he's done with two terms. Let's just get to the very beginning of that term and imagine what that first year would be when he can't reflexively undo what the previous president did because it'll be him. Yep. (laughs) What will he be doing? Yeah. And if this first 18 months has been this bumpy with this Mm -hmm. many crises and Democrats, lawmakers and voters jumping off the ship, 
what will the beginning of the next Biden presidency look look like? And I just don't think Democrats even want to fathom that. They need no. a new guy at the plate. They know. There's no, there's no world. Like, they no know s- more than the rest of us yes. as journalists, as radio hosts, mm-hmm. as – yeah. They, yeah. they know more because they see it every day. No, the, the only significance of 2024 for Biden is it will probably be the price of a gallon of gas by the time he leaves office is 2024. God, but I can't even laugh at that. I know. Because – He's so out of touch right now mm-hmm. that I don't even know if that would trigger different action. Hey, speaking of which. Oh, hold your on. Team, your team sent me something that I read. Don't you dare. I they did. sent you something. They don't send me and, anything. And this article in particular really caught me because they interviewed mm-hmm. a woman by the name of Kelly King, a former factory worker in Greensburg, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, she says we can barely buy what we need. She's sidelined right yeah. now because of a back injury. Mm-hmm. She's 38 years old. She doesn't know if Mr. Biden was necessarily to blame for the spiking prices of gas and groceries, but she feels like he could do more to help. Here's the quote. I feel like he hasn't really spoken much about it. He hasn't done what I think he's capable of as president. As a Democrat, I figured he would really be on our side. Now she says she's hoping Republicans can take over Congress in November to course correct. Good goodness. Well, I mean, the good news is they probably are. The bad I mean, a factory is... worker, she's probably in a union. Oh, yeah. I mean, just think about all the wheelhouse moments that he had yeah. and look who he's losing. Well, that's what's so fascinating about it is he came in here really set up to succeed in a way no previous president had been because all you really had to do was reopen the economy and get out of the way. No, the, you didn't. All you had to do was stand. Yeah, that's it. Well, like they didn't like Trump <laughs> because they didn't like Trump and his tweets. Yeah. No, I, I'm aware. That's, okay. what, that's what I mean. So they, he didn't have to do anything. I agree. They, they he really didn't. We were getting 700 to 800,000 vaccinations into people's arms, as he likes to say, from Trump. Mm-hmm. He promised a million. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't see a whole lot of difference there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was what his calling card was on COVID, and he was going to stomp it out. He was going to destroy COVID. Well, no one believed that. Yep. I guess some people did, but I knew that he's not a scientist because he can't remember when he got his own vaccination and that it was in December before he was president. Yep. Right. I mean, you see where I'm going After here. After bashing the vaccine on the campaign trail. And, but summer. now he likes to take credit for having come up with it, and I'm yeah. like, well, how did you come up with something that— well, I you think, got before you were in office. Well, I think part of his problem really quick is that I think Joe Biden, this happens to NFL coaches. You know, if a coach is out of the league for 10 years and he comes back, it's a different game now. Now they run a zone blitz. Now they're running tight end screens. He doesn't really understand the game anymore. I think Joe Biden is a politician in 2022 as if it's 18. Uh, Unless me, you're Tom Brady. You can well, come in out of retirement, baby. You can, Woo! You can, you can do Fine. what you want. There you go. <laughs> Unless you're playing the Chiefs, in which case you're not the biggest Tom Brady supporter. But stick with me. Oh, would that be you? <laughs> no, no, I think he can't. <laughs> I think he acts like it's 1982, meaning you can tell a room full of people anything in Pennsylvania and they won't hear it about it in California. Or you can tell people in Missouri one thing and it won't make its way back to New York. I don't think he's listening to himself as if anyone else is hearing. What oh, he's I wish saying. that were true. I think it's worse than that. I think he doesn't care. You just don't think he cares. He's just out to lunch. No, on that. he doesn't care mm-hmm. because he thinks that he came in on a mandate. Yeah. And he's so much better than the other guy. Mm-hmm. And all you hear about are people saying, you know, I hated those mean tweets, but I sure do miss that $1.99 gas. I'm like, well, yeah, honey, so do we. <laughs> right? I mean, like everybody does, yes. unless you're on a scooter. <laughs> I was on an electric scooter this last week. Me and Lincoln were out in California, 
and uh, we were riding around Venice Beach on one of those. It's really weird. But a Segway? Just, yeah, or they're no. like they're just like tumbleweeds. They're just like lying on the sidewalk. Well, and, I can make them tumble. Yeah, <laughs> it's ugly. Hey, I, I don't have an equilibrium. People don't know that Harris is the evil Knievel of Fox News. We get a lot of stunts in the hallways. We don't really talk <laughs> about it on the air. Yeah, but they're only because I'm in six inch heels. I mean, they're not planned <laughs> stunts. They're they're stunts that happen. But look, when you roll in and mm-hmm. you think that you have dictator like status because people are going to love you more than the other guy, mm-hmm. your predecessor. There are all sorts of things that you'll do that you shouldn't. For instance, there's no shortage of people who can tell you how many times this president was warned not to flip the switch Mm -hmm. on what was going on at the border. Yep. And then you have Oberdor, who didn't even come to the Summit of Americas Mm -hmm. at the White House, didn't even come to America to meet. At this, because this president said, well, I'm not going to allow Cuba or Venezuela in. Well, I guess that's why we didn't get to buy any of that dirty oil from Venezuela. Well, well there's good news. Now that they've all been called breakfast tacos, I'm sure they'll RSVP. So what, what happens now? Why isn't that the kind of thing that people cover on every network? You don't have to start with it. But yep. why doesn't it get talked about to the extent that everybody is clear and comes together on one issue? That is offensive. It's wildly it's offensive. Blind, it's, mm-hmm. it, is, it is really a blind spot, mm-hmm. and it needs to be addressed, not from the podium by the new press secretary yeah. who looks like if it's not in her binder, she can't repeat it. <laughs> by the way, she's, she looks really nice. I want to say that. <laughs> very sweet. Or as we say, or as yeah. we say in my house, she's pretty. <laughs> okay? <laughs> right? It can't come from there. It needs to come from the first lady and the president. Agreed. We understand that people are not food. I just want to hear it. <laughs> I'm just saying that's a moment. But I, I don't know. That I'm they coming do. for it. You oh, know what I'm saying? I'm here Harris. for. I'm here for that. Nothing makes me sadder than a commercial break when Harris Faulkner is in Aww. my studio. No, you got to pay bills, so baby. It's, it's midnight for Cinderella. I got to get out of this ball. <laughs> it's been a night. It's been a nice time, but there's Aww. a prince outside. He says I got to get home. I he is. Is Tony here? You stomp it. I'll see you on TV That's my husband, Friday. not the another gr- man. The, gra- <laughs> the great Harris Faulkner. There she goes. Thank everybody. you, Jimmy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's like it's a it's a game changer. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I am, of course, broadcasting from beautiful New York City. Oh, it's lovely this time of year. The meth labs are in bloom. That's a great time. The mugging exhibit's wide open. Bring the kids. Uh, but joining us now uh, in a better part of the country, out in Sheridan, Wyoming, listening on the legendary KROE, Reese, back in the house on Fox Across America. Yo, Reese. Hey, Jimmy. How are you? How was your vacation? <laughs> I, I really can't talk about a lot of it legally, but it was good, if that answers your question. We got a, we got a little rowdy out there. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Well, listen, the reason I was calling is... There's a lot of there's a lot of left things going on where like we give them an inch and they take a mile. Mm-hmm. And at what point do we just stop compromising with them? Stop negotiating with them. Just be like, "Look, you guys think what you want. We're going to do our thing, you do your thing, and we push forward." Well, Cuz that's the same mentality that they have. Like, no, no question. They don't, 
but 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 what we need to do honestly is elect people who don't have that mentality. That's the actual solve here, because as a country we can't go forward if we don't compromise and engage on issues. The problem right now is we're not engaging on issues. Like we're not compromising with them. We're just not doing anything because they're calling us racists and homophobes uh, <laughs> if we don't see it their way. So I think you're asking a valid question in that. How the hell do you work with these people and why would you? The answer is you don't. The answer is you replace them is what I think is going to happen. And I think that's where the midterms are going to take us, Reese. You're going to see a whole new cast of characters, not only in Congress, but on Dancing with the Stars, because a lot of them are going to get sent home. Uh, But we'll be back in the next break with Ari Fleischer. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Got a big hour of Fox Across America coming up with Ari Fleischer, former White House press secretary, Fox News contributor. And if you use the phrase adults in the room, you definitely got to lump Ari into that because Ari Fleischer, pound for pound, has as much integrity, as much wisdom, and as much reason as anyone covering politics anywhere in the world today, which does beg the question, why the hell is he on this show? Everybody's like, you know, Jimmy, you're right. What's he doing here? What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? He's going to stop by to have a grown-up talk about uh, all things America, to be fair. Uh, We've got the January 6th hearings continuing in this hour. We also have an actual lunatic testifying on Capitol Hill today about abortion rights. This began, we've got a series of statements. We have all of them, right, Justin? Could we start at the top with the Josh Hawley one? So I want to play this clip again for you. And it will kind of give you an idea of the scope of our political divide right now. Okay, one party, to their credit, is living in reality. Okay, there are biological differences between men and women. You all know this. It's a cliched joke. It's one of the most famous jokes in the movie Kindergarten Cop. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. But we have since taken this conversation to this other place where there are no biological differences between men and women. You're not telling me the truth. No, it's not even remotely close to the truth. But this is what the left has adopted. And there's an old strategy, you know, that you hear a lot of on this show which is that the Democrats love to label the opposition so they don't have to debate them. Meaning, hey, I'm not going to discuss the science of abortion. I'm not going to. You're a transphobe. You're a racist. We don't have to have this conversation. Hey, everybody, vote for me because that guy's a transphobe and that guy's a racist. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. And that same drop would apply to homophobia, transphobia. Like, think about the Florida don't say gay bill. Disney went after Ron DeSantis. Why? Because he signed a bill, a Parental Rights and Education Act, that gave parents the right to know what their kids were being taught, and it outlawed one single solitary thing. It outlawed sexual education for kids between the ages of kindergarten and third grade. Why? Because anybody who wants to teach kids between the age of kindergarten and third grade about sex shouldn't be allowed around kids. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. Okay, there's no world where any sane person would show up to your house to babysit and expect not to get punched in the face 
if they said, yeah, go to the, go out to dinner with the wife, enjoy the movie. I'll just be here teaching your kindergartner sex ed. No big deal. You would hire that babysitter. But that's what they were doing with teachers. And because Ron DeSantis banned that, the Democrats tried to repurpose it as what? Oh, he's banning gay people. He's got a don't say gay bill going on right now in Florida. You were lying your ass off. That's exactly what they were doing because there was nothing in the bill, in not a single solitary page of the bill that said the word gay. It said you just can't teach kindergarten kids about sex. You can't teach kindergarten kids that they can subtract their penis before they can actually add numbers. What the hell is the world coming to? But again, this was a war waged by Disney of all places, a country that a company that does business in 12 countries that has legitimately criminalized gay gay activity, meaning it's punishable by death. It's punishable by imprisonment if, in fact, you are gay. Disney's making money off those countries while at the same time falsely claiming that Ron DeSantis is banning gay people in Florida. There are more people, gay people moving to Florida than any other state in the country. Okay, and they're not moving there because they want homophobia. They're moving there because nothing to me they're saying is true. Okay, but this is where we are with the abortion debate now. In one breath, we're being told it's a woman's right to choose. Men should shut up and listen. But then in the next breath, they're telling you that men can also have babies. Let's start there. This is Josh Hawley attempting to get a scientific answer from the Democratic expert witness who says he's a homophobe just for a transphobe just for asking. Before uh, I want to visit with you, Ms. Meskey, but before I do, I just want to clear one thing up. Professor Bridges, you said several times you've used a phrase. I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. Would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, it's, we can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important because of my line of questioning. Because so we can't talk about it. Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm is denying dangerous. that trans people exist by asking are you? you if you're talking are you? about women are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think so. <laughs> so you are denying that trans people like this thing. And that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you? Absolutely. Or are they also treated like this? Where no, no, no. They're, they're told that to they're question. opening up people to oh, violence. We have a good time questioning. in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow. I, I would learn a lot. I've learned you, a lot I just know. in this exchange. Absolutely. Extraordinary. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber. For having listened to it with a straight face she says you're a transphobe for asking understand nobody here is denying the existence of trans people do you know caitlin jenner is a contributor here at fox news i was just on gutfeld with her a week ago you've heard her on this show okay we're not denying the existence of trans people we're <laughs> what we're what we're actually doing is uh acknowledging the existence of biology we're acknowledging 
the truth about biological differences between men and women. Men can't get pregnant. They cannot get someone. A woman who wants to call herself a man can get pregnant. Do you want to know why she can get pregnant? Because she's a woman biologically. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. But she's not actually a man getting pregnant. What they're trying to stake their claim to is that women aren't the only ones that that are actually giving birth. Biological women. The claim here is that biological men can give birth. My question then is, where's the baby come out of? No! Oh, no, no! I mean, really? You've all heard horrific stories about passing a kidney stone. I got to be honest, the 10-pound baby stone, probably not the most pleasant thing in the world. No! Oh, no, no! But that doesn't make you transphobic to not want to sit here and pretend. But this is the witness. This is the, this is the next thing she says to John Cornyn about people with the capacity to give birth. Take it away. Lead lives that are filled with dignity and humanity. And that to means your, being to able your way to... of thinking, that happens when more black babies are aborted. I believe, I trust, I love black people with the capacity for pregnancy. I think they have agency, they have intelligence, they know what is best for themselves, and I would love to create the conditions under which they can live lives that are filled with dignity and humanity. And do you think a, do you think a, a baby that is delivered alive has value? Yes. Do you think that a, um, a baby that is not yet born has value? I believe that a person with a capacity for pregnancy has value. They have intelligence. They have agency. They no, have I'm dignity. talking about the baby. And I'm talking about the person with a capacity for and I'm, pregnancy. And you're not answering the question. I'm asking a more interesting you think question that, to me. Do you me. think that the baby that is not yet born, let's say the day before this mother delivers, do you think that baby has value? I think that the person with a capacity for pregnancy has value and they have the they should have the ability to control what happens to their lives. Well, and, and I just note you refuse to answer the question. Such an idiot. This is pretty much the worst video ever made. Yo, that's a Democratic expert called onto Capitol Hill to give expert testimony on the abortion issue. Do you understand how impossible it is to have a substantive debate when we can't even acknowledge reality? But the reason they do this again and again and again, label the opposition, slander them with salacious, sensationalized charges like you're being transphobic. So they don't have to engage on science that they know clearly refutes their position. When you look at the polling on abortion restrictions, okay, over 90 percent of this country supports a restriction after 15 weeks, over 90%. So listen, I can show you polling that says people support abortion. They do by a very slim majority, very slim, like a point. But they were, were supported with limitations. The Democratic position has become abortion on demand up until birth. That's what she was being questioned about. So understand this lunatic, this is an idiot. I mean, listen, she's not the dumbest person. The dumbest person is the parent, because she's a legal professor at Berkeley. The dumbest person are the white people that are paying to have their kids educated in this system that tells them America's garbage and they're all a bunch of racists and they don't even realize it. Like, in what world is that helping your kid? Hey, you know, we were going to play Duck, Duck, Goose today in kindergarten, but instead we're going to play Pin the Tail on the Racist. Have a good time. It's going to be great. <laughs> Red Rover, Red Rover, send white supremacists on over. That's what we're doing now. It's, there's never been a dumber time to be alive. But understand, Ted Cruz then asked her, there's another clip here, 
about the fact that Roe versus Wade being overturned didn't ban abortion. It returned the right to the states. You know, when the Democrats say, oh, it's the, this is the death of democracy, they're overturning Roe versus Wade. No. Roe versus Wade was the death of democracy because it gave the federal government the only say in the issue and denied the states and the individual voters a say. Now that the states and the individual voters will have a say, it's returning to the states, what does she do? Instead of engaging him on that substantive point, the clip I'm about to play you is she claims this doesn't matter because the states aren't letting anybody vote anyway. Do you understand? This is piggybacking off of that earlier narrative from Stacey Abrams about voter suppression. Stacey Abrams is full of But you remember when Stacey Abrams said, oh, they were suppressing the vote with this voter ID law in Georgia. And then she was confronted with the fact that early voting was up 220%. And she said, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not going on. So crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Can you imagine saying that with a straight face? Well, uh, you said it was voter suppression, but the votes are up 220%. What do you say now? Well, I say voter suppression. I mean, you can't see it, but clearly I mean, it would be up 280% if they were just letting them go. I mean, come on! But here's the next clip. She says people aren't allowed to vote in Texas anymore. Senator Lee, Senator Cruz have talked about, oh, this decision just to turn, this Dobbs decision just returns it to the, the elected representatives of states to, and people can battle it out in these laboratories of democracy as to whether they want to protect fetal life over the interests of, of the pregnant person. These are the same states that are stopping people from voting. Texas has the most restrictive voting laws on the books. Texas's SB8 doesn't represent the will of the majority of Texans. Texas SB8 represents the will of the majority of Texans that were able to vote. So in order for this to be a democracy, we have to protect voting rights. And I, I leave it to um, everyone in this, in this room, as well as the rest of Congress, to protect voting rights so that we can be a real democracy. I mean... You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Folks, again and again and again, I just want an honest conversation, man. Okay, honest conversation. Can any of you call up, can she, can any Democrat call up and cite a single solitary legally registered voter who has been denied the right to vote in this country? The answer would be no. We don't have one. We don't have one, dude. We don't have one. But with a straight face, this person will get on Capitol Hill and testify that, well, returning Roe versus Wade to the states doesn't matter because they're not letting people vote. When you live in an era where people's emotions are their facts, people hear this and adopt it as fact. Oh, Texas isn't letting people vote. Georgia's not letting people vote. Yo, early voting is up 220% in Georgia. And there was nothing passed in Texas that would make it harder to vote legally. That's the caveat. Okay, yes, you got to show ID. Yes, we got to verify your signature. Okay, these things do matter. Yes, we've got to make sure that we're not ballot harvesting. We're not using Dropbox. Do you understand? A lot went on in the run-up to the 2020 election. I cannot prove to you that it was stolen. I don't know that. I can't say that to you. I cannot say that to you. Uh, A lot of you might believe in your hearts that it were. At the very least, the one thing we should all be able to agree on is we voted in a very unprecedented manner in 2020. They used COVID as justification for changing all of the rules. Drop boxes, 24-hour drive-in voting, ballot harvesting. Okay, all of these mechanisms were put into place and they did, in fact, juice turnout on the front end of the election. I don't like using the term stolen because it conjures imagery of them doing something illegally after the votes were cast. I don't know that that was the case. I think they made a lot of illegal things legal 
in the run-up to the election, working around state legislatures and constitutions to get it done, and I just think that's reality. But when somebody gets out here and tells you that votes aren't being counted, yo, we had 20 million more votes in the last election than any election in history. Early voting is up 220% in the states they're accusing of voter suppression, which means the only conclusion to be deduced by any of this testimony is that Democrats are so full of crap. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. going to be wrapping with Ari Fleischer in the next break. Uh, one of the things he's going to weigh in on, he's got a new book out, I'm excited to discuss it, but one of the things he's going to weigh in on uh, is Corinne Jean-Pierre, the diversity hire at the White House. She's the White House press secretary, uh, frequently diving in and out of her binder to answer questions. She doesn't really, i got to be honest with you, she just doesn't look like she knows what she's doing. She's worse than Kamala. A lot of people feel that way, but yesterday she was asked about the fact that New York Times polling shows that 64% of Democrats do not want Biden to run again in 2024, meaning the Democrats don't want him to run, 64 percent of Democrats. Her first response is we're not going to pay attention to the polls. Her second response is to actually cite polls that aren't true, that show Biden with higher support than he has, which is just fascinating and weird, and I'm confused by it all. So let's get through this as a family. Here is clip four. But again, this is what the president's going to be focused on. We're not going to pay attention to to polls. That's not what we're going to do here. What we're going to focus on is uh, delivering for the American people. Okay, but then she also says, uh, when asked about the 64 percent of Democrats who don't want to, you know, vote for, don't want Biden to run, she then says there's 92 percent of Democrats who support him. But the truth is, she's citing a poll about a different Democratic candidate. (laughs) Here's clip three. What was the president's response to a new poll from the New York Times today showing that 64 percent of Democrats say that they would prefer a different candidate in 2024? And um, I would also say from that very same poll, um, there were 92 percent of uh, Democrats who uh, support this president as well. Look, you know, not to be not get into uh you know, politics from here or get into any political analysis. Um, You know, this is not something, uh, you know, there's going to be many polls. They're going to go up or they're going to go down. Uh, This is not the thing that we are solely focused on. Uh, We are focused on things like today, signing this bipartisan gun reform legislation, which will, again, save lives. Oh, man. I mean, that's a listen. I root for this woman because uh, I root for the country, you know, as the administration goes, we go. But if 64 percent of Democrats don't want Biden to run in 2024, then it's physically impossible that 92 percent of Democrats do. And understand, nobody ever copied off me off on a math test. <laughs> Most of the math I learned was at a blackjack table in my 20s. And I learned a lot more subtraction than I did addition. But even I'm better at math than this Yahoo at the White House who's just terrible. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Introducing Barbie's Inflation Dream House, the toy that costs more every time you play with it. Huh? What's going on? Barbie's Inflation Dream House comes with three jobs so she can put gas in her Corvette. I am exhausted. 
I think I need a break. A little break? Okay. And while there's no fancy bathroom, Barbie has plenty of discount toilet paper because she can't afford the good stuff. Oh my gosh, my cheeks are killing me. Barbie's Inflation Dream House. On sale now, so Barbie can move into a more affordable place. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fell. Yes, inflation is at a 40-year high. This could be a problem. It's the problem. It's the number one problem, according to voters. 33% of voters cite inflation as their number one issue heading into the midterms. Gas prices, border security, crime right up there with it. You know what's not up there, everybody? Are you ready? Uh, climate change. Correct the mundo. You know what else isn't up there? Top five? Abortion. Correct the mundo. You know what else isn't even in the top 15? January 6th. Correct the mundo. Voter suppression, everything in between. The Democratic priorities, this is their problem right now. I'm talking to you like we're analyzing a sporting event. This is sports talk radio. Who's winning? Who's losing? Who's why? Democrats are losing. Uh, the country's losing as a whole. But the reason being is the people in charge don't have the same priorities as the rest of us. I'll give you an example. Every guy listening has been the dirtbag in a relationship with a woman who just was in the mood for a little something something uh, at a time when it was the last thing on her mind. OK, follow me. She comes home from work. And how are you, babe? Oh, the worst day. Traffic was bad. I broke a heel. My boss is a jerk. My stomach's killing me. And you're like, well, I know what you need. And that's what the Democrats are doing to us right now. They're like, how are you, babe? And they're like, oh, it's bad. Inflation's out of control. I can't afford gas. There's no baby formula. The border's getting overrun. And they're like, well, I know what you need. You need climate change and abortion protests. We need to start chasing some Supreme Court justices out of the restaurants. And you're like, what the hell is wrong with you? Did you just hear what I said? And that's who they are as a party. They're the guy with the one-track mind whose agenda is the only one that matters. And for that reason, the fact that they have no ability to hear themselves, the fact that they don't have any self-awareness, is putting them in a really precarious position politically. I'll talk about this with Ari Fleischer. He's going to join us here in a few minutes. I was in D.C. for the White House press correspondence dinner. It's my first time being there. And I, I think the main reason I was there is because I dressed like a waiter. And they're just like, yeah, this, this, this guy, will, you know, he'll back up the tables if we run into a problem. Let's let Jimmy Fallon come. But when I was there, I was so patently blown away by the sense of self-satisfaction in the room. Understand that the media's trust level right now, okay, I mean, whatever analogy you want to give me, you know, uh, you know, more people trust the finger sandwiches at Jeffrey Dahmer's house. What the hell did you just say? <laughs> I'm just I'm saying, you know, it's just, I'm just giving you an example. OK, the point is they they no one trusts them, like literally. And I mean, no one like they're below like 20 percent nationally. But they're out there in these events talking about what a great job they're doing. It's crazy. But imagine imagine at the end. OK. Of uh, the Super Bowl, 1989, the 49ers beat the Denver Broncos 55 to 10. This is the equivalent of the Broncos dumping Gatorade on the coach. Like, hey, good job. That a boy. It's insane. It's just so detached from reality. But I make a football analogy because joining us now on the phone 
Man, oh boy, oh man, former White House press secretary, superstar, Fox News contributor. Many people consider him the Dan Marino of cable news. Ari Fleischer back on the show. Hey, man. <laughs> you, you know, Ari are the middle three letters of Marino, of course. Whoa! I, it was, there was, well, now, now I'm going to go out on a limb and you say, that. Uh, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say your parents named you before Dan Marino's prime. Yeah, and I guess Ari are also the middle three letters of marinara, so it doesn't really get me that far. <laughs> oh, marinara go a long way with my staff. Holy heck. Well, you get, a, you get a Dan Marino analogy not just because you walk around in isotoner gloves, but to be fair, uh, you have a book out right now that is so hot you might need oven mitts. Let me get my audience up to speed on this. Uh, it's called Suppression, Deception, Snobbery, and Bias, Why the Press Gets So Much Wrong and Just Doesn't Care. Now, Ari, let me ask you this. Off the tippy top. And I'm going to kind of float a conspiracy, and I want to get it out of the way so you can decide whether or not you even want to continue with someone as out of touch as me. But I have a theory, and I know this sounds kooky, but my theory is that sometimes it seems like the media, they might lean a little bit to the left. What do you think there? <laughs> oh, they fell over. They leaned so far. But, but Jimmy, here's the thing, and this, this is what my book gets into. Mm-hmm. It, it is way beyond the old issue of liberal bias. Mm-hmm. It has become cultural. Yes. The media these days consists of activists, activists for a Democrat, get Trump, anti-Trump cause. And the media, and I have a study in the book, a poll that shows this, the only group of Americans who say that the press understands them are college-educated Democrats. The press has alienated pretty much everybody in the country by now. If you're a Democrat with a high school degree only, you say the press doesn't understand you. Independents, high school or college graduates, the press doesn't understand you. And, of course, all Republicans say the press doesn't understand them. The press has lost this country, and it's not good for our democracy when the press has done that to itself. So that's why I wanted to write this book. I wanted to blow the whistle on the press, name names. There's a chapter about the New York Times, a chapter about CNN, all because I want journalism to do better so we can work less. I want to just be able to pick up one source of news and say, I trust it. I believe it. I'm done. Yeah, we definitely don't have that option right now. <laughs> Let me throw. All right. Well, then this is why I want to piggyback off of what you just said, because you talk about activism masquerading as journalism. One of the funniest stories in the book is about how the media was falsely reporting. I believe it was MSNBC on the night Joe Biden was declared the winner of the election. The media was citing other world events as like national celebrations of Biden's victory that were actually just local events that had nothing to do with Biden. And I just thought that was the funniest story. I, th- I believe he said the church bells ringing in Paris were attributed to a Biden celebration and there was a, a holiday in London from 1605. Yeah, you got it right. So here, <laughs> here's what happened. It was CNN, MSNBC and ABC. All three of them, the night that Biden was declared the winner, reported that church bells were ringing in London and church bells were ringing in Paris and that fireworks were going off in London to celebrate <laughs> the defeat of Donald Trump, to celebrate Joe Biden's win. Because that's how they think. They think the world thinks like the American media does, and they want to get rid of Trump. The church bells were the weekly call to mass in Paris. It happens every Saturday night. And the fireworks were because of a very British holiday called Bonfire Night, or Guy Fawkes Day, which celebrates, commemorates the failed attack on King James I in Parliament in 1605. Nothing to do with Biden, nothing to do with Trump. But that's how bad America's media is, because they thought that we they should celebrate. 
because their colleagues were all celebrating. They thought the world was celebrating, and they call it news. This is, you know what this would be like? We're talking to the great Ari Fleischer, uh, his new book out. It's fantastic. It's called Suppression, Deception, Snobbery, and Bias. This would be like if you were getting engaged to a woman who wasn't from this country, and you strategically proposed on the 4th of July and told her you hired a fireworks <laughs> display. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. It's like, yeah. Oh, it's fascinating. But it's that's why I say it's cultural. Because mm-hmm. when you're surrounded by like-minded, tweet the same thing, think the same way, college-educated Democratic colleagues in every newsroom, with so few Trump voters in those newsrooms, so few conservatives or gun owners or people who go to church every week in those newsrooms, mm-hmm. you think everybody around you wants to get rid of Trump. Yep, that's a great. And point. so it spills over into your quote-unquote reporting. It's bad journalism. It's hurting our country. Yeah, it is. And, you know, the one example I could give, I don't have a big background in this. I mean, you were a White House press secretary, but I was at the uh, correspondence dinner this year in D.C., and what I was really I know it's a, it's a it was a well, listen, part of the reason I was there is because I dressed like a waiter. So they just thought I was there. They thought I was a second string busboy, to be fair. Uh, but stick with me here. What I was amazed at is how self-righteous and, and self-congratulatory they are. I, I believe and this is what I wanted to ask you is they have such a low approval rating when it comes to trust. But in their minds, I do believe it's because they think people are stupid, not because they're dishonest. Do they have? that kind of thing going on? Because that's the sense I took away from the ceremony, from the event. That's actually the very first paragraph of my book. Yeah. It, it, it begins with a show on January 25th, 2020 on CNN, Don Lemon. He had two anti-Trump commentators on, Rick Wilson and Wajahit Ali, mm-hmm. and they were mocking Trump supporters. They, they, turned, they, they pretended they had Southern accents, and they started to just make fun of people who were for Donald Trump, and they just would just and, and snobbiness looked down on these Trump people and talked about how Donald Trump's the only smart one. Y'all elitists are dumb. And when it was done, Don Lemon just burst out laughing. He couldn't control himself. And then when he caught his breath, he said, thanks, I, I needed that. <laughs> what kind of journalism is it to make fun of half the country, yep. to just show this disdain? And you don't think the American people don't know it? You don't think people who grow up in rural areas or go to church regularly or believe life begins at conception or people who have carried weapons since they were young and whose father taught them how to go hunting and whose grandfather taught them how to go hunting, you don't think they don't realize that the mainstream media makes mockery of them, that disdains them, that cannot understand how anybody could intellectually support Donald Trump? That's today's mainstream media for you. And that's why I blow a whistle on them. Well, I, I think it, I think it's great, and I, I do think it's so fascinating because if you work your way through this book, what you constantly come back to is there's just this general lack of self-awareness. People on the left can't fathom the possibility that they might be wrong, you know, and I think that's, you know, a byproduct of being in such an insular bubble like the one you describe is that if you're not really talking to any of the aforementioned people who hunt and everything in between who live in rural America, like my wife is from rural America, I married a woman who grew up on a dairy farm uh, mainly because she she didn't know how much better she could do. 
because she was in, you know, an area that didn't have a lot of people. When she came to New York, she looked around and saw thousands of people, and she was like, hey, wait a minute. You know, I kind of sold low here. But the point is, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, but their culture, you're right, uh, they're having the best time in the country. And the media elites who condescend to them try to call them like, oh, the flyover states. But let's right. be honest, man. If you got a plane, I'd fly over New York and California and land in the middle of the country any day of the week. And, and they just don't get it. Yep. And and that's the solution. Journalism schools need to do a better job of who they bring into journalism. Newsrooms need to do a better job of who they bring into journalism. But you know what they do? When there is a conservative, they run them out of town. Yep. That's what happened to Ben Shapiro when he went to write a column for Politico. Mm-hmm. Their heads exploded. They melted down these liberal newsrooms. And there's a real problem with younger reporters because they don't believe as much as their older colleagues do in objectivity. Mm-hmm. They believe in subjectivity, and, and they believe their job in journalism is to move the needle and to move it in a leftist direction, certainly not a free market or conservative or pro-life direction. And that's what journalism has become. And, and you know, there are just so many stories they got wrong. CNN led the league in the number of retracted stories they had to take off the air. But, you know, remember the story in the New York Times about Russia secretly offering Afghan militants bounties yeah. to kill U.S. troops? Mm-hmm. That was wrong. Yep. Katie Turret, MSNBC, reported that Kim Jong-un was brain dead, North Korean leader. That was wrong. They, were, they told the American people Nicholas Salmon was a thug and Kyle Rittenhouse, a white mm-hmm. supremacist. All wrong. Yep. And they said COVID could not possibly have originated in a lab in China. I mean, how much deceptive wrong information beyond the Steele dossier, beyond collusion, yeah. do they put on the air without recognizing they're a part of America's problem? In fact, one of the biggest problems we have in the media, in the country, is the way the media, the mainstream media do their job. Uh, a thousand percent. So one last question. We're talking to Ari Fleischer about his book. It's suppression, deception, snobbery, and bias. Why the press gets so much wrong and just doesn't care. Do you see them... Um, they're they're kind of strategically distancing themselves from Biden, given his historically low poll numbers. Now, I don't read that as like them finding Jesus late in the service in terms of the Democrats harming the country. I almost feel like they're trying to recapture some credibility so they can get back out there and shill in the midterms and shill in 2024. Because everything that they're saying, like the New York Times piece over the weekend, like, oh, he's too old. He's losing his marbles. Biden isn't exhibiting any behavior this week that he wasn't exhibiting a year and a half ago on the campaign trail. So to me, this tax, you know, this kind of speaks to a politically expedient move for them more than a valid like they just woke up to this reality. What do you think of that? It's a temporary passing phase, I'm afraid. Yep. Uh, I'm glad to see it because it is tough journalism on both sides, and that's what they should do. They should be fair. They should be neutral. But Wait until Republicans have a nominee. I don't care who oh, it yeah. is. If it's Trump, if it's DeSantis, if it's Christy Nome, the press is going to turn on them. Yep. And even if it's for Biden, watch. Yeah. They'll make the case of how Biden is vigorous. <laughs> so ahead, this true. is a temporary moment in time. And uh, again, it's healthy. I'm, it's good to see. But I'm under no illusion it's going to last. No, no chance. Uh, one last thing, and I'll let you go, because by law I have to ask you one Yankees question. <laughs> so, And you just know it's part of the gig now. You know the deal. And uh, so there's a new documentary coming out. It's about Derek Jeter. It's going to premiere after the All-Star game. And what they did to promote it is they kind of highlighted the rift between him and A-Rod when A-Rod famously had that Esquire interview yeah. where he said he was better and all that. My question to you, this one comes up a lot when I'm ever in ballparks, and, you know, i big Derek Jeter guy. If you had to build a team around one player, A-Rod or Jeter, because A-Rod obviously does have blow-away numbers, but who would you build your team around? Well, of course, Jeter.
Peter. You would, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, just because of the clubhouse presence. Thank you. Ari Flat. No, I mean it. I mean, they had a multitude of reasons to buy your book, but I, as you know, I'm very pro-cheater <laughs> on the show. <laughs> but, uh, but, I, but I do mean it because I, I was just in Dodger Stadium. We were having this argument last week because people you know, prioritize numbers, but they don't realize the soul of baseball is right. so much bigger, especially when it comes to clutch moments like the playoffs, you know? And he was such a powerful leader in the clubhouse. He didn't speak a lot, but when he did, I mean, he, why do you think he was the captain? Thank you. And that team followed him. And, and it was leadership. And every every sports organization, every team needs it. You need that one stud player. And that was Jeter all the time. Were, well, they say that about the Bush White House. They say that was Fleischer. They say the, every administration, <laughs> they need that one stud player. So you came on as Dan Marino. You're leaving as the Derek Jeter of press secretaries. I hope that's okay. <laughs> that's a good day. Oh, you're the best, Ari. I appreciate your time, buddy. Thank you, Jimmy. My man, see you soon. The book, it's called Suppression, Deception, Snobbery, and Bias. Buy it in multiple copies. It is so enlightening as to how we got to where we are in this country. But bigger than that, the thing I appreciate is that it's full of solutions, which I greatly appreciate. Back after this. The critics have spoken. You snotty little bastard. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are in the bottom of the ninth on this broadcast, a broadcast that makes its way to television tomorrow. I will be on America Reports tomorrow afternoon with the great Sandra Smith. Tomorrow night, uh, I'm hosting Kennedy on the Fox Business Network. We're also going to be taping another episode of Tucker Carlson's final exam. I am, I believe, 0 for 2 right now. I have become the Washington Generals of final exam. But tomorrow night could be the night I beat the Globetrotters or at the very least get hit with a bucket of confetti on live television. You're going to want to see that. It's the highest rated show in all the cable news. But the big takeaway from today's show is there was just so much crazy. Whether it was Jill Biden calling everybody breakfast tacos <laughs> or this lunatic who just testified before Congress about people with the capacity to get pregnant. What an idiot. There's never been a dumber time to be alive than right now. Don't let it frustrate you. You're in the fun business. If you die tomorrow, you're just going to wish you had more fun. So don't spend the night stewing over politics. Go out and enjoy yourself. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.